The Alpha Sessions Live on Radio Broccoli. Hello, yeah, this is The Alpha Sessions Live. I'm Emma and I'm here with uh, Ben Goodwin. Hello. Hi. Uh, thank you so much for coming into the studio. I'm very excited to be here. I feel like this has been a really, really, really long time coming. Yeah, this is like the legendary sort of corner that but I see in photos and I'm here <laughs> finally. I'm a bit starstruck. <laughs> so we go to your music nights um, quite often. Yes, you Famous do. Famous ones. Um, VIP guests you are. It, it's a VIP night, so <laughs> there you go. Um, oh, shucks. <laughs> so, yeah, so we obviously know a lot of... Um, missing well you seem to be the missing link there's a lot of like common artists that we both yes. know that we have in common um and often your name comes up when we're chatting with other artists oh, so I know, i've noticed that it's actually nice it's really lovely so the whole point of my job really is to sort of send people off to other places and play and be featured and stuff it's great i feel really oh. proud of everything we kind of do as a, as a sort of big team i think 100 percent. yeah um so obviously you do this amazing night but I'm assuming the music stuff came first. No, actually, well, oh, kind really? of. It was a bit. It was a bit strange actually because I started. Um, I've got a, a, um, a, an artist that I've liked since I was about seventeen called yeah. Judy Souk, and um, I happened to meet her at a gig at some point, and um, she asked me. She said, "Are you doing anything creative?" And and I and I thought no, I'm not doing anything. I'm not playing the piano. I'm not painting. I'm not doing all what, of the things that I used to. Because you don't want to, or because no, you don't know how. Or? I just forgot. I was oh, just okay. doing my day job, and I just wasn't doing anything. And so I decided I bought myself a piano, and I went out there, and then I put on a show for her for her thirtieth anniversary for her her first album. Oh, wow! And no one else was doing anything, so I said, "Can I put on a show?" And I did it at the Bedford, and I'd I think it was like nineteen acts singing. Each wow. singing one of her songs. We had video messages from America. I and I hosted it. I tried to get some famous people to host it, and they were a bit unreliable. So I just thought, oh, I'll just do it myself. Wow. And then I started hosting from there. So actually, that kind of came first. And then it allowed me to run my own night, and it allowed me to book myself for gigs because no one else would. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of been quite recent. Not well. I say recent. Fairly yeah, recent. it's fairly recent. It's, it, I came to it late in life. Okay. I always call it my midlife crisis. And it's still going on. I didn't. I didn't buy my piano until I was like thirty-nine. That's I did right, my first gig at my fortieth birthday. Was so it your fortieth birthday? It, it was quite a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've reached another landmark birthday since then. Really? Don't mention it. Though. I. You definitely don't look it. No one. No one's listening or watching online or anything like that. No one will find out how old I am, will they? <laughs> We're actually Facebook living. So. Oh um... no! <laughs> Damn it! My husband will find out how old I am now. God damn it! <laughs> Um, I've actually got so much to ask you, so um, I'm just going to hit with loads of questions. Quick fire round. Okay, so process in terms of, well, your songs, but specifically musicals. Um, You have started to write a musical. Yeah. um, Which you are midway through? Well, no, I've actually, uh, in 2017, January, someone asked me to... Uh, came to a gig and yeah. said you should write a musical because your songs have got narrative and emotion in them it's blah true. blah blah yeah. so by that was in January 2017 by April I had the first draft wow. done and uh, of course it's changed about a million times since then but essentially <laughs> I had the story it sort of came out of me like a sort of flow okay. um, while I was on the tube actually scribbling a notepad and um, yeah so I've had the story and it's just evolving and that's what happens musicals aren't written they're rewritten I've been yeah. told and they're so true and it's like a few years down the line now but apparently average time's about five years to get it onto stage wow I had no idea I know I'm, I just, I'm so impatient I just want it to happen but actually they need to gestate is that because you just keep tinkering with it yeah because you need to make sure that the story works and you need to test it with audiences which we've done and we've had read-throughs and then you keep 
I've got a co-writer now who's come in with loads of new ideas, which are brilliant, and we have to take big things out, put new things in. Yeah. It's a really complicated, it's much harder you know than just writing that, a play. No. Did you know what that process was? I had no idea. I didn't know anything about theatre. I just wander around sort of wide-eyed in sort of theatre events, being introduced to people as the as a, as a writer of a musical. And I was like, oh, hi. Uh. <laughs> and, uh, and people say what it's about. And I say, oh, it's fine. And I haven't got my elevator pitch uh, prepared. I'm just a real novice, but you know what? I think that's worked in my favour. Yeah. In that I haven't, I haven't got a clue what the process is, so I'm just doing it. You're and I'm going for it. Yeah. And I did a workshop, and I got the most amazing actors. I asked everyone. I asked Judy Walters to do it. <laughs> I asked, I asked all these because I thought, why not? And yeah. I got some um, amazing actors who, uh, even the director was saying, I can't believe that Claire Burt, Claire Burt's is right, massive in musical theatre. Yeah. And um, she, uh, you know, she's done. She did something called London Road, which was pretty amazing with uh, Olivia Coleman. Um, anyway, and she's amazing. And uh, and she said, yeah, I'll do it. And so she came in and she was fantastic. She played the mother in my um, in my play. But uh, and if you don't ask, you don't get and I don't I didn't have that fear. So I just went with it. Oh, I think that's amazing. Have you already already performed it? Yeah, we had two performances uh, a year ago. So it's about roughly the anniversary now of okay. the first workshop. So we raised, I managed, I, I tried to get money through the Arts Council. I didn't succeed. So I just thought, I'm just going to do a crowdfund and see yeah. if I can get £1,000 or something to help. Yeah. And I ended up raising £10,100. That's incredible. Which is, meant I could pay the actors proper pay. Yeah. I could feed them we could um do programs and all sorts of stuff and i had a band of five a, you know five piece band cast of eight director a producer a musical director it was just it was like proper and it was it was at the h club and we did two performances and it was just it was amazing it was it, i mean i was at the back and i was almost weeping Aww. and it was like these actors just take it on board the actors are amazing at just bringing things to life it's it's such a brilliant experience to go through and um yeah very proud of it so far <laughs> but you have to soon. So we're going to give it an, another three years. Oh, hopefully not. <laughs> no, no. I want to try and get it on stage in some form, <clears throat> maybe outside London, because yeah. um, it's set in the north, maybe up there. Uh, and I want to do that next year. That's okay, what I'm cool. aiming for. I've got a brilliant producer called Heather, and uh, she's going to kick me up the butt and get get things. Do you almost done. have people showing you how to do it as it goes? No, I learn, just people tell me little snippets and everyone's got a bit of advice and yeah. everyone's got feedback and stuff and some people like bits of it and some people don't like others and I just absorb it all and then we try and sort it out and I've got a co-writer who's a brilliant writer called Louise Rowland who's, who's she just knows what she's doing. She went to Cambridge and she's <laughs> she's English, she's a proper writer and she's written a novel so she's on it and she loves the story and she's helping me out massively. It's like my brain's exploding with ideas now. Um, without great. giving away any spoilers, uh, can we roughly know what it's about? Yeah, it's a, a it's a story of a man from uh, the 1950s um, up to the more present day. And sorry, and <laughs> that's me starting. That's not the first tune, by the way. <laughs> that's just me hitting the keys. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's about his life, and he's he's a very ordinary, down to earth, quite a shy man. But actually, it's his. The whole play is going through time and unraveling his life and showing you how extraordinary it is, really, and how extraordinary he is and the people around him, these amazing characters around him who've, I don't know, we just live an ordinary life. Cause, and the whole idea for me is that uh, you don't have to write musicals about kings and queens and famous people all the time. Actually, just the very down-to-earth ordinary is, is, is an important life to tell. It's an important story to tell, I think. That's it. I feel like this would be a good moment to maybe start with um, a song. Yeah, okay. That's all right. I can play one from the show if you want. Yeah, let's do it. Um, 
Shall I tell you a little bit about the song? I'll, I'll try and make it brief. Yeah, uh, by the way, uh, um, <laughs> so I'm funny. sat on a pile of books. <laughs> and we've got the um, we've got the Chronicle of the 20th Century, and we've got the Encyclopedia of Albums and the Encyclopedia of Singles, which I'm sat on because the piano stand was too high, and we didn't we couldn't work out to lower it. <laughs> so if you so, random hear turnings of pages, then I'm quite that's what it, it is. actually. If you hear a rustle, um, <laughs> it's the it's the books. I'm quite liking it. I might do this all the time now. So I might nick okay. these books off you, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> this song is uh, uh, um, actually sung by the mother who I was just telling you about. Claire Burt played it in the in the performance that we did. Um, and it's the mother looking back on her life. And um, uh, yeah, basically when she was young. And it's about getting old and, and thinking about what you were like then and what you're like now. And it's called Once a Dancer. I stand here in the middle of the street Wondering what you're thinking as you stare at me Maybe you'd see me If only the sun had shone I look away I look again You're gone Once a dancer Lover of the night But that was way back when Once a dancer Turning in the light Let me dance again I miss you, though we never spoke Maybe if you'd said hello The spell would have been broken When I close my eyes There remains your smile It's like you know me on the inside Once a dancer Lover of the night That was way back when once a dancer turning in the light let me dance again nothing but air above the earth beneath my feet my fingers touching the stars and between us electricity a synchronizing heart Once a dancer, lover of the night But that was way back when Once a dancer, turning in the light Let me dance again Let me dance again Um, we've got some people that are upstairs that are just listening, so that's the clapping from them. Hi, upstairs people. <laughs> I love a bit of good clapping. Yeah, this is the conversation <laughs> we had with Melissa earlier. Um, Ray Kelly, by the way. Do you know Ray Kelly? No. Oh, well, um, she says, I already love this guy. Look oh. forward to the musical. Best of luck. Awesome. She's another artist that we've had on our show, which is why I think I assumed that Hi, you Ray. knew them. Maybe I do know Ray <laughs> Kelly then. I'm really bad with names. That's Sorry. Right. I'll show you a picture of her later. Yeah, we'll do it later. Cool. Hi, Ray. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> she loves you too. That's so lovely. Um, so in terms of musicals, and I've always found this really interesting because there's obviously the actors and the writer and the director, yeah. but there's obviously a load of other people behind the scenes that you don't even get to see or know about yeah. um, that you probably have involved in your writing or your process. How many are there? 
Well, to, to be honest, I, I've <clears throat> kind of said them all. It's mostly been me, to be honest. Okay. And most people write a musical, and someone will do the book, which is the story bit. Yeah. And someone will do the lyrics, and someone will do the music. And I took it upon myself just being because I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> I just thought I'm going to do it all. So and, and so you could familiar. call me kind of a control freak, but I <laughs> I kind of wanted this to own this yeah. whole thing, and it was very personal and all that sort of stuff. Um, but apart from that, I had a um, I did it all my, myself. And apart from the director, who's also what they call a dramaturg, who's somebody who just says you could do this and he looks through the story and picks through and gives you amazing ideas yeah and he also is the director Adam Lenson and he's brilliant he's done loads of stuff um in the West End um and he's a big champion for a uh, new British musical which is new and different and not all of the the same old sort of formulaic um things so he's very much cha- um you know challenging the whole perception of what musical theatre is about because it's got you know some people think oh I don't like musical theatre yeah but you know it's like saying I don't like film or I don't like you know books you know you like some and you don't like others yeah. so he's challenging that anyway so he's behind that and he's basically been a really big driving force um, and then Heather Allen is a producer who basically just organises me and does spreadsheets and <laughs> tells me get on with it yeah. um, kind and of like a manager she is amazing yeah she I mean I would have I would have probably just crumpled into a heap without her organising because it was so much to take on was it quite overwhelming it is quite overwhelming because when when they all actors are coming together and you're trying to cast it I ended up casting it myself as well I was just phoning up agents left right and centre so I did all that she sorted out contracts and stuff I wouldn't have been able to do all that I just didn't have time because I've got a day job as well as you know know, it's very difficult to try and do all these things and try and earn money and try and get the mortgage paid so there's yeah so there's producer and the director they were the main people in it um, and then, of course, you have to get the musical director on board. And she was someone called Tamara Saringer, who was just incredible. She taught a cast of eight all of the songs in wow. about a day. And they all came back and sang it like they've been singing it all their lives. And to hear someone else singing your songs... Is that really weird? Do you know what? It was, I was thinking it's going to be a bit weird, but it was just so lovely to hear somebody who can sing much better than you doing it (laughs) it's just great and not having the stress of performing it was brilliant but yeah so basically this is quite a small team um and somebody called natalie walker also did loads of stuff with the program and bossing me around and making sure i was in the right place and she did the stage managing at the time for the performance it was great did it because we chatted earlier about you um not doing creative stuff and then suddenly doing loads of creative stuff did this kind of force you to be even more creative than you set out to be yeah yeah. I did. I think once you open that floodgate yeah. of doing something creative and I wrote one song, my piano I was whinging to my piano tuner and saying, I really like to write a song and this was like in the early days and he yeah. said, Oh, just get on with it And <laughs> he told me I thought, All right then and since then it's like all comes out of you. I mean yeah. I'm not prolific, it's not like I write a song a day like some of the guys that you have. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, it's funny. It just and then when I started writing the musical, I started thinking of other ideas that I could write for plays or um, other songs, and it also brought out the creativity and a, a reason to write songs. Do you think you'd rather go that way than do something like release an EP or an album? Or... Oh no, I like to do that as well. I'm doing okay. that as well. <laughs> so I've got another song which yeah. I probably will play um, today if I get chance, which is uh, one that I'm going to record with uh, Luke, who's the sound guy. Oh yeah, cool. At the uh, the H Club where I run, yeah, yeah where I run uh, Vin's Night Inn. And uh, so he's going to do it with two other friends, Adam and Chris, who are going to wow. help produce it. So it's great. And they're brilliant musicians as well. Yeah. So I'm still, I, that's got to tick over as well. But every time I write a song, it te- ends up in the musical. So, it up, <laughs> But this one isn't. This one's a new one. Um, shall we play another song? Is that all right? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Let's do it. I know I can talk for England, can't I? I can talk for England too. I think we're going to talk for England. <laughs> <laughs> are you ready for the four-hour marathon? Yeah. <laughs> it's like children in need. 
Um, this one um, is called So Near the Stars, and I, I, I wrote this many, many years ago, but then I worked with Jamie Lawson um, on it. I said, Jamie, will you help me turn this song into something much better? And we sat in my shed. And, uh, and Is that your recording studio? Yeah, it's, I call it my shadudio because it's like a shed and a studio, and it's in the other end of my garden. Is it as DIY and as Lily Agnes's? It's uh, yeah, it is. But actually, it's, <laughs> it's not as fancy as hers. I don't think. I don't have fairy lights. Fair, but I you have got cushions a, from your sofa. I've got sofas. I've got everything. It's where everything gets dumped in the house because <laughs> you can't be bothered to go to the loft. They say yeah. just put it in the shed. Um, and it's called So Near the Stars. Look out the window, the earth below Through eyes my mother gave me beauty to hold Life goes so fast I never thought I'd make it up here so near the stars It's easy to keep breathing The hardest part is leaving Tell me you believe in me Oh, I believe in you I believe in you Drifting over, turning slow Night shadow creeping over The fading glow Here in my private silence Heart beats its last so life passed It's easy to keep breathing The hardest part is leaving And tell me you believe in me Oh, I believe in you I believe in you Wherever you are I'm so near the stars I believe in you Colder now, far away, so far away from your love. I believe in you. lots of people clapping through a window yeah loads right suddenly you get very self-conscious <laughs> <laughs> um so vin's not in yeah um how did you make that thing 
I was hosting at the Bedford <laughs> down in Balham, brilliant venue. Yeah. And uh, and because I was hosting, I just said, look, can I put on my own night one night? And they said, yeah. And I thought I've got to do something different. Yeah. And so and I've got this old picture of my gran. Which we found out last night were actually your gran. She's I thought they were gran. random no, pictures that you took of no, life. <laughs> actually my two gran, my mum's mum and my dad's Amazing. mum. And the one on the right is the one that started it all really. There's a picture of her sat in the corner with a cup of tea with her little sort of fluffy slippers on and all the Christmas presents around her. It was at Christmas Aww. and I vaguely remember it. And there's like a Scrabble game and Play-Doh and a paint set and they're all my Christmas presents. Wow. And, I've, and I thought, I just captures this sort of vibe and I just thought, I'm just going to recreate that. So I put up this tacky wallpaper. Um, Judy Suit gave me three flying ducks because I was looking for them. And they, the ones you buy in the <laughs> shop are too heavy, so they kept falling down. So, so, um, so she gave me some um, flying ducks that she had in her loft. And I used to have a lamp and I had a TV screen with lots of old vintage stuff going so on. Good. So I had so much set. It was ridiculous. There was too much to carry around. But um, And so it, cre- it turned the Bedford into this sort of... You know, Tony Moore said, oh, it's like my bedroom when I was a kid um, <laughs> kind of thing. And uh, yeah, and that was it, really. And it was just to create a bit of a vibe. And I put sweets on the table. Actually, what I used to do is pineapple, <laughs> cheese and pineapple on sticks stuck in a half a potato. <laughs> and I used to spend the whole day chopping up cheese, putting pickled onions. My, my fingers would stink of pickled onions. When I, by the time I got there, everyone's going, oh, what is that whiff? Um, I had to stop doing that because I think there's a sort of health and safety issue around. Manhandling cheddar and potatoes. (laughs) People used to look at it and go, "Who's touched this?" And so I just went to sweets instead. Fair enough. And so because we first saw you, I think at St James's. Oh, St James Theatre. Yeah, Yeah. it's now called the Other Palace. Oh wow! Weirdly, the new home of musical theatre, by the way. So we came there to see Carrie Harbour at the time. Ah yes. And um, we thought, oh, this is weird. It's like being in this guy's living room. Yes. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) They kind of poached me from the Bedford. Okay. And they just opened, and so they just said, "Oh, will you run Vin's not in here?" And I loved it there because they had a Steinway piano on the stage, and it was was beautiful, really nice. And uh, because the Bedford's been done up now, and it's got it's got really nice toilets, but then it didn't. And it's so nice to go somewhere <laughs> with nice toilets. That was the main feedback we got was, oh, nicer toilets. <laughs> um, but I still carried on doing it at the Bedford as well. So they were running at both. So it was a great you, venue. How did you end up at the H Club? Well, I was doing the um, Vince Night Inn at uh, St. James Theatre, as it was then. Yeah. And this woman came up to me. It's very glamorous. And she walked up and shoved her card in my face and said, <laughs> I'm, from the, I'm from the hospital club. Yeah. Um, we think our members would love this. Will you do it? Um, oh. at the um, hospital club and I said let me think about that yes and um, and I've been doing it ever since oh, and wow. so it's basically they'd opened this new venue up there that used to be the recording studios for radio Radiohead used to record there up on the top floor yeah, where amazing. well you know the, you know the venue yeah. and uh, and they turned it into a venue so it was more accessible to more members mm-hmm. and so it was the opening week so I think we were one of the first live shows so you've always pretty much been a thing there really I have been a thing I'm uh, they they the uh, uh, operations manager says I'm part of the furniture. Aww. Well, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> one of the one of the broken old chairs somewhere in a cupboard. Um, yeah, so I've been there ever since the, the that actual venue opened at the top. So, how does your artist selection process work? Like, what is it that makes you pick <laughs> artists? No, it's, I'm going to come up with really something really scientific. Go on. I haven't got anything scientific because right. <laughs> I pick people I like or I know, yeah. um, and also that I know that the audience is like. Sometimes I go on recommendations of people I trust. Yep. Um, I tend to avoid those. I, I want to make sure that I like them 
um, uh, and I've heard them firsthand kind of thing. So if people that are listening that are up-and-coming artists that want to be yeah. part of Vins Night In, what can they do? They can email me on vinsnightin at gmail.com and don't just email me and say, hi, I'd like to do a gig. <laughs> Send me something to go on. Okay. Uh, like, And do you know what? I do, if they haven't got any fancy video, I don't like fancy videos. I quite like seeing phone footage of people playing so in a venue. So you sing in your bedroom? Yeah, or even singing in your bedroom. So I can hear actually what someone sounds like. And I know they'll sound a million times better when they've got proper monitoring and all yeah. of that. But I just need to know, because sometimes you can get these you know, mixed and sort of fancified live videos that in, in inverted commas. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, that's, I don't know whether that's going to be the real thing. And so I quite like a, I quite like a rough video. Someone has sent me, here's me playing on my bed. And, on my, <laughs> and I said, yeah, no, you're great. Yeah, come in and do it. Oh, and cool. I picked buskers. I've got a busker coming to my Sunday show next so week. Good. Who I just, I've walked past him a few times. And I said, do you want to play? And he went, yeah, okay. Um, and the other time, uh, the other way to get it, I do get a lot of emails. And the other way to do it, and I'm sure Two Ways Home have done this. They're in there. I can see them. And they email <laughs> at just the right moment and say, hi, Vin, have you got any gigs coming up? And I've got a slot. And I'm actually looking at the lineup. And I go, yes, I have. And occasionally it works out like that. Um, so it's always good to pester me a little bit. Okay. But not to the point where I want to hide. So a little poke. Yeah. Um, final question, and it's a bit of a final? big one. Yes, yeah, sorry, I've been told no. I have to hurry up. Oh. <laughs> um, and also, obviously, we want to get your last song in. Um, any advice for, or any tips on up-and-coming artists that we need to watch out for? Well, you've had, what? well, two ways home, of course. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I feel like I put you in a really difficult position. <laughs> I know, it's like you were asking Lily, you said, what's your favourite gig? And I was just there looking at her going, <laughs> and she said, oh, of course it's Vin's Night In. Um, yeah, no pressure. Um, no, um, Lily Agnes, actually. Yeah. I think she's uh, brilliant. And, of course, Natalie Shea, who you had before that. Yeah. And, uh, and these have all played at uh, Vin's Night In. Um, who else? Um, Louis Dunford is just a genius. That name and sounds really familiar. Louis Dunford, if you haven't seen him, you've got Has to see him. Has he played him. your gig? He's played a few okay. times, actually. Yeah. And he played the September one, the ninth anniversary of Vin's Night In. Yeah. He is a genius. He can make you... Pee yourself laugh <laughs> and he's like oh my god this is the most hilarious thing and he sort of sings about his, his generation yep. uh, growing up in london and then the next thing you're weeping it's just he just has this amazing ability to just pull the audience in everyone loves him he's amazing <laughs> and tommy ashby T tommy ashby but yeah. i'm answering this question now I've got, there's so many now because there's yeah. i could literally just go through all my vins night in people and think all of them because <laughs> they're all amazing because i don't pick rubbish people no you don't no no never no in the same way that we don't pit rubbish people. Exactly. We're a kin. Yes. We're one of a kind. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming in. It's over so fast. It's over so fast. Um, we could chat about this all day, I think. We could. Which we probably <laughs> will do off air. <laughs> Someone asked me to do a vlog with them once, and we were there for eight hours with footage. <laughs> and he said, I've got, about, I've got about four days worth of... Anyway, it's really funny. So. Um, and thank you for um, sitting on books. We couldn't find a cushion. I love these books. <laughs> I want them in my life. <laughs> um, so your final song, what are you going to end with? I think I ought to, I, I, um, I'm going to play my newest one. Okay. And I say it's my new song, but I have played it in various different formats at different gigs just to test it out. Cool. But this is the one I'm hopefully going to record. Amazing. And I'm hoping it's not going to go horribly wrong. I've had a cold all week. So I'm just but you've of, got honey and lemon now, so you're I've right. I've got honey and lemon. I've got a pile of books to sit on. <laughs> a piano that's really high up. <laughs> and a radio broccoli market. <laughs> yeah. I have. I've got the Radio Broccoli mug and I forgot to bring it with me That's to right. show it off on camera. Um, I will, though. I'll Instagram myself with it. Yay, thank you. 
Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming in. It's it, been a I'm, pleasure. Now I'm suddenly nervous at playing my oh, last song. Don't be nervous. Okay, um, I haven't got a name for this song. Um, the song with no name. All My Love. You can sing along. Sing along, Ron. <laughs> to the chorus. You just have to know All My Love. That's all you need to know. Looking back without sadness See the future without fear Lay down close Here in my bed I am Here with you now I'll give you 